What's going on, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Illegal Contact Podcast. Um, We are very excited to bring you another episode this week. Um, Big time we get to have here with a very special guest. Um, But first, I'll throw it to Colin and let him introduce her. Yeah, Clark, it's good to be back. You know, big week for the podcast. First uh, double episode week. Uh, Busy week for Clemson Sports in general. A lot's going on. but we're super excited to have another guest on the pod. We've got with us uh, women's goalkeeper, uh, Hensley Handcuff. Uh, Hensley, how are you doing? What's up, guys? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm super excited to kind of talk about my process and everything and, and get to share my story a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So I see that you are, I believe, from Oklahoma. Is that correct? Yes, I am originally from Oklahoma, but I've bounced around a little bit. Um, I, I grew up in Oklahoma and then senior year of high school, I moved to Orlando, Florida to play with the Orlando Pride for a semester. And then I graduated early and ended up going to um, Villanova up in Philly for two years and then transferring down here to Clemson. Wow. Okay. That's a process. So, uh, (laughs) so let's start there at the beginning. You said you went to play with the Pride for a little bit. I mean, that's, that's pretty big right off the bat there. How old were you when you started to do that? Yeah. So I was actually 17 years old. That year was kind of a crazy for me coming out of high school. Um, I got to my senior year and I only had about two credits left in, in high school. And so I decided, you know, why not try to go play with a pro team somewhere and then get some games with with a, a club team so I could be eligible and everything. So I did that from August to about November and then took some time off and then ended up transferring or ended up going to college in January to Villanova. That year also, I, I can just mention this really quick. I, um, I found out that I had ovarian cancer. And so right after I came home from Orlando, I had surgery and, and got that taken care of and then moved on to Villanova in January. So everything, so we're all good now, obviously, I think. Yeah, uh, we're yeah. all full train ahead. Well, I'm sorry that happened, but I mean, obviously you're, you're, you're thriving right now and, and we're glad to have you here at Clemson. But what so what uh what was that transfer process like? Because you don't you hear about a lot in in, in football and basketball, especially with this transfer portal kind of going on. But what was the whole process of transferring from Villanova to, to to Clemson like, and and why did you choose Clemson in that process? Yeah, so I originally went to Villanova to kind of help change the program there. I wanted to be a big time player at a small school and and kind of be a positive impact in that role, and I was for a little bit, and and I had a great great coach Chris McLean he was awesome and the girls on the team were awesome but I got to the point where I had to choose whether I wanted to make soccer my career or to go on to something else at Villanova and I I want to play pro soccer you know and I just didn't feel like that I was going to get to that level if I stayed at Villanova so I entered the transfer portal in October of 2019 and it was a pretty quick process you know being in the portal is is such a great tool that student athletes have if they're not super happy where they're at um the the portal is is so dense and so deep that you can con you can only to make it where schools can contact you that you're interested in you can only you can have it to where schools don't even contact you you can have it to where every single school in the united states can contact you um and at the time i didn't really know where i wanted to go or where i was going to end up so I just went ahead and kind of let all the schools contact me. Um, I definitely had Clemson on my sights though. I was recruited here earlier in high school and it's too bad I didn't choose to go here in the first place, but going to Villanova was definitely part of my kind of growing and learning process of who I was. So 
I ended up coming on an official visit to Clemson um, mid-November in 2019 after I had been in the portal for a little bit, talked to some schools, and absolutely fell in love with the school. I mean, the athletics here is just day and night from Villanova. My goalkeeper coach, her name is Siri Molinex. She has been to Olympics. She has been to World Cups. She is the most knowledgeable person um, that I feel like I could maybe follow in her footsteps a little bit because that is my ultimate goal. So I couldn't think of anywhere better to be with how athletes are treated here, with how amazing the coaches are, with how every single girl on the team is pushing themselves every day. So my my experience through the portal was super easy and and I think it's a great tool. And then just getting here so far has been amazing. Now that that right there was like awesome because it I've, I've never I mean you hear about the transfer portal as I said but like you never like quite kind of know how it works but hearing it come from like an athlete and I assume it's probably the same way in, in other sports too but it kind of sounds like a LinkedIn or something where you just yeah you're kind of like hey I I, I want to apply for these jobs and I would like to work for this kind of company or something like that but I mean that's super cool to hear but uh I mean I'm glad to see that your process and, and your transfer has gone well and you really enjoy Clemson so far, but if you had to choose one thing, what would, what would be the, what would be the thing that you say was hardest to adapt to coming? I mean, you said it was day and night from Villanova athletics. So what, what would be the hardest thing you had to adapt to coming to Clemson? Yeah. So a lot of people would say when you transfer, the hardest things are to kind of adapt to the new team, you know, to get to know the people or the school or even the weather. But I was welcomed with open arms with the team. You know, I fit in super quick. I, I became best friends with a lot, of, a lot of the girls on the team. You know, I was meeting people in classes when we were still allowed to go to classes. Um, and the social aspect of it was was super easy. But I would say probably the physical part of, of coming from Villanova, which was a smaller soccer school to Clemson, where every single athlete is just super fit. You know, I had to kind of change my lifestyle, eat, start eating a little bit better, start working out more, like not even with the team doing stuff on my own. And that was definitely probably the most difficult part of the process was just becoming a true, true athlete that wants to move on to the next level. I gotcha. Okay. So I see that um, you were named in the fall. You were named to the ACC defensive player of the week after three straight clean sheets and in the first week. Now, did that get your confidence going like like very early on um, this this past season and, and really get you going uh, and propel you towards this spring season, especially after the whole COVID happened uh, last spring? Yeah. So whenever I first came to Clemson, I was not guaranteed a starting spot. I, I was going to come here to work to get to where I, I am now. And that is super motivating to me because I'm the type of person that wants to prove my worth to people, um, even when they can't see it. And so getting into the season, you know, in the fall, I got in in the spring and got to connect with the girls and everything. And then it was just time to show it off. So getting through the summer and preseason, and then finally hitting those fall games was super motivating in itself. And then of course, being able to get that reward and, and having those three clean, clean sheets was, was not even just motivating, but it showed me that, yeah, you can do this. You are who you think you are, you know, and just to keep pushing. Um, and like I've said, I've grown so much as a player under these coaches and as a person. And honestly, it's not the stats that matter to me. I have an end goal in mind. And so I just play every game like like it's a World Cup game. And, and I just focus on that game. And then it's the next game. And then whatever comes tomorrow comes tomorrow. So really the honor of that 
wasn't the thing that has motivated me the most, but it definitely is inspiring to kind of chase after that again. Yeah. So we kind of touched on it. Um, you know, strong, strong fall season from you and the team as a whole. Um, what was one of the most exciting, fun moments of that season? Uh, just a short few months ago. Yeah. So I'm going to have to pick a single game out of, I mean, the entire season was just super exciting because, you know, we didn't know, we didn't even know we were going to have a season until like September because of COVID and everything. And so every day we were just sitting ducks waiting for it to get called and get pulled and we won't have a season at all, like some of the other conferences or go on full. So we were super blessed and super lucky that we were even allowed to have 10 games in the ACC. Um, and going into the season, just playing ACC teams was probably the hardest season, fall season, Clemson women's soccer has ever had in history because every single ACC team is very good. Mm -hmm. um, and so our first game with Miami, of course, was something to remember. We drove all the way down there um, in the morning. We got there around 5 p.m. We played at 6, and then we had a shower, like a rain shower delay, and the game ended up ending around 9.30 p.m. And so that's something that I'll definitely remember. But I would say the most memorable experience would be the UVA game at home. Um, UVA was known to be super, super well on the ACC. They were a great team. I have a lot of friends on that team as well. And I was super excited to finally get to play against them and, and show them I like who I am. And we ended up winning three to zero. And, and that really was the turning point of when I, I knew this team could be something special. Yeah. You've been a, crazy kind of touch and go you never know when you're going to get called and canceled just coming from the perspective of a athlete last season being canceled you know practice canceled kind of mid transition from indoor to outdoor um and soccer i think maybe got two two games two or three games in uh baseball and softball kind of the same um so i'm sure that's that's kind of it's emphasized the importance of you know, enjoying every game because you never know, you know, what's going to happen with your season. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with you on the point where it's like, we could have a game and then the next day, our entire team tests positive for COVID or the team that we're playing tests positive for COVID and the ACC pulls the season, you know? And, and like I've said, I've grown as a person a lot to where my patience has, has had to go up because like you said, we really just don't know what's going to happen ever. But at the same time, my gratitude to being on the field has, has grown immensely because like you said, we really don't know when the last game could be um, with men's track season getting pulled and, and their, their team getting cut. You know, I, I really appreciate how you guys have handled that. And it's inspiring to see all of you guys coming together and working towards pushing it to get back on and everything. And really just taking these last couple of moments together is, is super inspiring for other teams as well. So I applaud you guys for that. Thank you. Thank you. It's definitely a interesting dynamic, fun dynamic, you know, try and make the best out of everything and enjoy every moment. Um, but, you know, we try to be serious. We try to have a little fun. Um, any sports other than soccer that, you, you really follow or that you just absolutely love yeah well I I'm a sports comm major so all I do is talk about sports all day long um and that's definitely a career path I want to pursue after I 
play professionally for a little bit. But in high school, my freshman year of um, high school, freshmen weren't allowed to do off-season soccer. And so all of my friends played volleyball and me being 6'3 as a freshman in high school, they're like, Hensley, how come you have never touched a volleyball before? Like, come on. And so I decided to just, you know, screw it. I'll try out for the team. You know, what, what could go wrong? I don't make it. Okay. I've never touched a volleyball. I won't be upset. And I ended up making it and I pretty much played every single game. And I think that was so fun because I really haven't ever played any other sports. Um, I grew up doing a little bit of gymnastics when I was little, but everybody does that, you know, so soccer, (laughs) soccer was definitely my foundation, but I love football. I love basketball. I, and now coming to Clemson, I love baseball. Um, I wasn't really a huge baseball fan until I got to come to Clemson and, and see what it was like sitting in the stadium eating boiled peanuts. You know, I've never heard of those before until okay, I came on. on here. Let me pause you right there because uh, little, I, I was talking about a little before the show. I'm in Arkansas right now. Nobody knows what boiled peanuts are out here. Yes. Like, I'm like, how do you not know what they don't know what old peanuts are in Arkansas? No, I'm I'm like, I'm still in the South. Like, obviously, it's not that out of tune with the culture from South Carolina. It's pretty similar out here. Nobody knows what they are. I mean, the only the only other guy from Clemson out here, he loves them too. And we try and show everybody, and they're like, eh, they're all right. No, they're amazing. I mean, I don't know (laughs) how you can avoid them. Yeah, I I mean, I guess I guess peanuts are a big crop of South Carolina. Um, so that would. That would make sense why they're so big here. Um, that's just, I mean, even in Oklahoma, we I, I've never heard of them. In Philly, I never heard of them. Even in freaking Florida, I've never heard of them. So that is really so interesting crazy. to come down here. Not much, like, beats a, not much beats a sunny afternoon in DKS. Uh, I will say that. Yeah, I mean, they, it's very nice. Number one – well, not number one. I wouldn't say number one. But tef, definitely a top five tailgate food, too, during football season. Just throw some boiled peanuts in a little in a little dish, and you can you can throw them on the ground and stuff. Super nice. So yeah. when we get tailgate well, back going up again, it'll be nice. I I hey, actually haven't I haven't experienced the Clemson football tailgate or Clemson football game yet, just because of COVID and everything. So hopefully this next fall it'll kind of be up and running again. Well, I'm sure I'm sure you saw uh, President Clement's email there with the whole plan for the fall semester to be as normal as possible and and, and a full capacity at at Death Valley. So we, we definitely hope that that's the case as well. Uh, Colin and I have been to uh, hundreds of home games in our lives and it's, yeah. it was hard to, last year was hard. Like, like it sounds kind of like ridiculous that we're saying it was hard to miss a football game, but it was, it just changes a lot. So um, part of the culture here for sure. Yeah. It, it, when, I mean, when you're now, used to, when you're used to a hundred and 100, 100 plus thousand fans coming out just to tailgate. I mean, the stadium only holds 83K. Mm-hmm. When you're used to that many more people coming out and then, you know, switching over to having just uh, empty tailgating lots, it's a big shock to see. Kind of hurts your heart a little bit, you know. Yeah, I agree. And and coming from Oklahoma, we have Oklahoma State and OU and they're huge exactly. tailgating yeah. schools as mm-hmm. well. But um, my biggest thing is, you know, I'll go into CVS or I'll go into the grocery store and I won't stand within five feet of someone because, you know, it's scary. And I'm just, wor- I'm just wondering if people are ever going to get over that fear or if masks are ever going to go away, you know? So I'm really hoping for the best where 
we'll be able to come into groups together again and, and I'll be able to stand next to strangers without thinking twice but you really never know it's 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 yeah it's a very high hope for what uh President Clemens have to say for this fall but hopefully this vaccine continues to roll out and and that gives people confidence um especially with the CDC saying that fully vaccinated people can be in a room together without masks I mean that's that's a positive so if we can get it going by uh, summer then I think we have a good chance but that's a big big hope especially yeah so past year is gone Colin um today when you got COVID tested did you get asked if you were interested in the vaccine so I actually got asked gosh we almost bought a COVID test before this we didn't test on Monday because our group going to NCAAs had to get tested six times out of eight days oh um, wow but so I guess it was last Wednesday that I got asked um and I've had COVID um so like I I'm kind of used to it but I said yeah if if it comes available I would get the vaccine do my part you know yeah for a lot sure. of weight I, comes from being a Clemson athlete so you kind yeah. of have to carry that I was very interested that they they asked us that because you know of course they can't make all athletes all students take it but the fact that they're even even like striving towards that is is super like hopeful I guess for the for the fall as well because I mean of course I said yes do my part I've also had COVID but it's I mean the idea that we could all be in a room together if we've all had the vaccine without masks is I'll, I'll do anything to not have to wear a mask anymore you know that is so yeah it definitely crazy. makes Thank walking you. across across campus a lot harder yeah <laughs> I, I would give anything to walk across library bridge right now just packed at like 8 a.m on a, on a Thursday or something I don't know, like people that. trying to hand out free stuff and <laughs> Yeah. I hated it in the moment, but bring it back. I'll bring it back. No, I have a question for you, though, Hensley. For sure. So, throwing it back to soccer a little bit, um, obviously, I, I assume you're, you're somewhat of an Orlando, Orlando Pride fan and stuff like that, but do you have a favorite team outside of the U.S. where it's much bigger, Europe? Yeah, so I would have to say I'm a Man City girl. Um, here at oh, Clemson boy. on our soccer team, oh, yeah, we can get into this. Um, on our soccer team, we'll kind of split into groups and we'll track um, teams throughout the season and everything. And I was I was lucky enough to get on Man City. So last season, they had a great season. You know, last spring, it was great to be able to watch them win so much. And then this season, I haven't been keeping track with it as much, but they're definitely one of my favorites. Um, this is also kind of funny. So um, Orlando Pride, the men's side, has a new player named Daryl DK. He yeah, played at UK yeah, yeah. for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we actually grew up together. He's originally from Oklahoma, too. Um, we went to the same elementary school. He was my Valentine in third grade. You know, so, <laughs> oh, <so laughs> yeah, we went to a long same, way back. Yeah, we went to the same middle school, same high school. And so now it's great to see him, you know, kicking butt in Orlando and on loan um, over there in Europe right now, which is a great say, He's on loan in Europe, correct? Yeah, so yeah, he also yeah. got the call up to the national team. Is that right? Yeah, so he's been in with the full men's national team for, I believe it was two camps, um, and he's got his playing time, and, and I think he's just absolutely killing it. So it's yeah. great to have another person from the 405 kind of representing soccer because it's not too big out there. He looks like he should be a linebacker in, in American <laughs> football, if you want me to be honest, but I'm glad. Oh, my gosh, yes. I, I grew up, and I was always taller than him, and I gave him uh -huh. all this crap for being bigger than him, and, you know, uh -huh. now he's he's finally, like – he's up there, you know, so oh. I'm, I'm super proud of him and super proud of the way he's kind of represented Oklahoma and where we come from. There you go. Well, I'm a Chelsea fan and, and Colin's an Arsenal fan, so we can yeah, don't, say that. <laughs> don't say that. 
But yeah, well, Cal- Colin's not an Arsenal fan. He's an Arsenal despiser, but he, he tends to root for them when he has a chance. Too much heartbreak. <laughs> when when <laughs> they much. when they have a chance, you yeah. Might say. They, yeah, there you go. No, uh, but Man City is currently in in the lead of the Premier League, so there you go. You can you can be happy about that, I guess. But yeah, I, yeah. not many man, man, not much Man City support on this uh on this podcast, except besides our guest here. So. <laughs> I have another question for you. Have you you're a goalie, obviously, but have you ever been an outfield player? Have you ever like just desired to play in another position, or yet have ever actually? I mean, obviously, you're doing great things going to the Orlando Pride. I see you got some U.S. experience with some call ups and stuff, but have you ever played the outfield? Yeah. So, um, kind of a funny story that I'll lead into. Um, of course, when I was in like middle school and elementary school, I would train with the field players. I would sometimes play as a midfielder, you know, but then that's kind of really when I started to being like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a goalkeeper. I don't like to run. So, (laughs) so I always just grew up a goalkeeper, but now we only have 15 players on our team right now. And three of them are goalkeepers. So technically that's only 12, 13 field players. Mm -hmm. So there's a very, very, very good chance that you might (laughs) see me in a field player jersey this next, this next fall. (laughs) I was about to say, because then you only have one outfield sub, right? Exactly. Yes, exactly. So (laughs) right now it's the spring. Me and Hallie Makowitz, the other goalkeeper on our team, are taking turns playing games because there, there is a chance one of us might have to end up on the field. Um, just because of COVID and how the classes have worked out. So if you see me in a field player uniform, no, you didn't. <laughs> well, what, wait, well, what position would you most like? Would it just be wherever's injured or would y'all, I, I mean, would it like me defender? I, I told my coach, put me in the position where I can do the least amount of damage. And so <laughs> I believe that's going to be center forward because who wouldn't be scared if a 6'3", 180 girl was running at you, you know? I'm going to be scoring headers. I'm going to be in the box standing on the goalkeeper because I know how annoying that is for myself. So if I get the chance, that'll be maybe my most memorable college experience on the field. I think, I think that makes a little, I think that makes a lot of sense because if you get put in the midfield and you're going to be passing the ball a lot and touching the ball a lot, if you get put in defense and you have to, like you could easily get scored on being out of position, not, not being used to being out there. So yeah. a lot of blame falls on you, but if, if you're just playing striker or center forward, all you got to do is put the ball in the net. That's your entire. That's trajectory. I can just come off the line. They feed balls into me. <laughs> I'll hold them up and, and run at people, you know, and on corners, I'll be the main target. So. There you go. <laughs> they can that that well, would be funny. Have you ever, uh, have you ever had to come up for a corner and scored one like late in the game or something? Yeah. So in high school, actually, um, we, I played for, for my actual high school for a little bit. Um, high school soccer isn't really that big in Oklahoma, but I, um, played for Edmond North, um, which is the high school that I went to my first two years. And we went to play this private school Cassidy and we were winning. I think it was like five zero. We were, we were killing them and we had a corner and my coach was like, Hensley, go up there let's just see what happens and so I was so confident I was like this this sophomore 15 year old in high school that was still taller than everybody and they served the perfect ball in and I headed it right into the goal and I've never been more proud of myself <laughs> in my entire life what was the celebration I mean did you just like run around with your chicken, uh, chicken with your head cut off I'm I'm pretty sure I took my shirt off waving it around <laughs> just running all up and down the field and it's, we were winning 6-0 so it was pretty disrespectful. Um I don't know if you've seen but our our goal celebrations here at Clemson have been pretty on point lately. Um okay. 
our last game, you can go on social media and, and you'll see Megan Bornkamp score, scores um, a low goal and she comes over and I was, I was on the bench that day and I, I ran onto the field ran across and we all were taking pictures of her while she was posing and everything. And so we have a couple of, of ones that we're going to pull out this season for sure. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, Stay I advised, see... everybody. Stay advised. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's be watching the game now just to see the celebrations. Y'all need to score a lot of goals and have a lot, a lot of uh, celebrations planned. I'm sure you had that practice going too. Yeah. That I won't <laughs> reveal, I won't reveal any of them yet, oh, but please that don't. Is the plan. <laughs> please don't, please don't. No. I see your next few games, though, and and forgive me for not knowing how great or good our SEC teams are here, but I see that you played Georgia, Alabama, and South Carolina, and, God, that is – I mean, talk about the biggest SEC rivals Clemson has. Obviously, Alabama in football, South Carolina overall, and Georgia we used to play in football every year, and they're right – our neighbors pretty much besides South Carolina. So what what are you all going to have to do in those games to uh, to continue your, your hot streak here and, and get to those 10 wins and – and, and continue to play well. Yeah. So like I said, we're very short on numbers. So our number one priority is to keep everybody healthy. Um, mm-hmm. We, we, this week we don't have a game, so we are running a little bit more. We're getting, we're maintaining our fitness, but we're really focusing on our team shape and teams in the SEC, their goal whenever they play us is to kind of disrupt how we play. You know, we we can play like good ticky-tacky soccer. We we have the players for that, but we can also play over the top sometimes. You know, we have a very versatile team, I would say. Um, and so for these next games coming up, especially Georgia, the next one coming up, not this Saturday, but next, I think since it'll be at home, we just have to play our game with a fast tempo and kind of try to disorganize them early on. Um, we have these goals um every game you know can we win can we score the first goal can we be up or tied at half can we win most of the um throw-ins like defensive or offensive can we maintain possession um just a bunch of little things like that can we can we get the donut not get scored on and so I think if we stick to those principles and and keep our tempo high and and bounce off the midfielders a little bit I think we'll be in great hands. Um, I'm super excited for um, the Georgia game because my mom and my little brother are coming and they are my, my absolute everything. And so it'll be great for them to see me play at Rakes again um, because I think they've only seen me play once there. So it'll be amazing for them to come down. And then South Carolina, you know, that's just going to be a gritty game. Our, I would say our word of the semester is grit. Every day we try to bring grit into training into into fitness into lift um because that'll in turn go into the game so i'm really excited that kind of gets to be the last regular season game of this of this spring season leading into the ncaa tournament because that'll really show how much we've worked it's fantastic um yeah i assume this will be your your first game against south carolina yeah, I've actually never played them before, so I'm. I've heard that it's they are interesting to play, and so you know I'm looking at it as especially going into the NCAA tournament. We have 15 girls, we have two field player subs. You know, we don't have anything else to lose, so why not ball out? You know, you how go. cool? How cool These would two- it be? Yeah, how cool would it be to go deep into the tournament with only 15 girls, while some teams have like 35? You know, so. Especially, especially when you're playing an ACC that's so stacked. I mean, I, I'm looking at the rankings right now. You got five teams 
just from the ACC in the top 10. That's insane. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I said earlier, um, the, our fall season was the hardest season Clemson has ever had because yeah. it was all ACC teams. And we, we played UNC and Duke in the same weekend. We played UVA and Virginia Tech back-to-back weeks. You know, we played, went to Florida State and then the ACC tournament. I mean, all of the best teams are coming from the ACC and some other conferences. So it, it definitely was hard, but it was a great way for not only me, but the team to kind of showcase, hey, yes, we are good. We are Clemson. This is what we can do. Mm-hmm. I see. I see. So that's, it's cool how, uh, it's cool how you have the, the NCAA tournament kind of right in line with the, the whole March Madness and, and basketball and stuff. So you can kind of go with the flow there too. But um, it's, I, I can't get over the fact that the ACC has five teams in the top 10 there, but um, it, like you said, you only have 15, 15 total players. So I, I agree that depth is, is the biggest concern and, and it'd be sick to see y'all go make a deep run. Cause then, I mean, that's the, the biggest bragging point is, Oh, not that we made it to, you know, however many teams left. We, we made it there with only 15 people. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's crazy to see. But, I mean, nine and four now um, and, and playing, I'd say, the toughest conference in America, it looks like. Um, who, have you, who have you had to look up to in, in your life besides coaches? Who, what about an athlete or something like that, that that has really inspired you to keep going in soccer and, and be a goalie? Yeah, so I I like to study different athletes from different sports because I feel like everybody can bring something else to the table. So I'll, I have a couple powerful women that I look up to. Um, of course, Serena Williams, you know, she is every little girl's idol. Mm-hmm. I grew up watching her and she is just such a badass on the court and off the court. Um, Naomi Osaka this past year has really made a name for herself in the way that she kind of supports um, like social change and equality off the court and, and women's empowerment off the court, but then can really speak for herself through her game. Um, in soccer, I really appreciate um, Ashlyn Harris and how she is just so true to herself. She is covered with tattoos and is an absolute badass. And I mean, I, I have a sleeve and everything. And so, you know, I get, I walk around and I'm a six, three giant with a, with an arm sleeve and people, and I had purple hair last fall and people look at me like, who are you? And I'm like, I am me. Like, don't, you there know? You and so it's really inspiring to see these really badass, unique women ball out. And that's just kind of what I want to do. Um, a coach actually that has been super inspiring to me. His name is Alexis Fizzarelli. He's been my goalkeeper coach since I was seven years old back home in Oklahoma. And he's been through hell and back with me, I would say. I mean, even outside soccer, through the cancer scare, through through a lot of different journeys I've had to walk through in my life, he's definitely been there for me. And he reminds me that, of course, there's so much more to life than just kicking a ball, but try to take those aspects into soccer, you know, play with play with integrity, play with honor, play with leadership, play with grit, you know, take those into soccer. So I would say from a mental standpoint of the game, he's been kind of my biggest idol as well. I gotcha. What's on the table after Clemson though? Um, Obviously you say you have all these goals. I mean, I'm sure you don't know exactly the future. Nobody does, especially right now, but what, if you, you, what is your dream? Like what, what do you want to do after Clemson? What is it? Yeah. So this is, a super exciting year for me because I graduate next December. Um, it's, I feel like it's bit gone by so fast already. You know, I was just a freshman at Villanova and now I'm, um, 
first semester senior here. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure flying around like all these schools and and Orlando to Villanova to here, I'm sure that made it fly by fast. But it I'm sorry, flew by. so fast. And so to think that I'm finally getting to the point where I really could go pro. You know, that's that's such a motivating part of of being who I am. But right now, my goal is. I always say I want to do, I want to see what I can do with this. I want to see how far I can take this. So I don't set like an end goal because if I were to reach that, it'd be like, well, what now? Then if I don't reach it, I'd be very hard on myself. And so every day I just want to push myself as hard as humanly possible that I can and see what I can do with it. So I would love to go to the NWSL, get drafted to a team. Um, the likelihood of me starting in an NWSL team isn't that high, but if I could do that, that would be pretty awesome. If I don't end up going to the NWSL, maybe I could play overseas in France or, or Spain. I've had a couple of people reach out to me to see um, if I would be interested in that, you know, so I definitely want to pr play pro and have a long career in that. And then, as I said earlier, I kind of want to stay in the sports field. And of course, I haven't decided whether that'd be sports marketing, sports journalism, or if I even just want to be a coach. But just staying around the game is really is really what I'm passionate about. Um, I believe everybody on this earth has something that they're passionate about and something that they want to do with their life, whether that's being a watchmaker or being a telemarketer or, you know, what, I, you know, so I want to play soccer. That's God put me on this earth to play soccer. So that's what I'm going to do. There you go. There you go. I think it's so interesting, though, like the U.S. for men's soccer is just not the pinnacle of the world. But like for women's soccer, it is everything and more. I mean, they yeah. just dominate it. I, I think that's I think that's the craziest thing uh, about the whole soccer field. And I'm glad that the the men's team seems to have some young players growing up and, and finally being invested in that a little bit more. Because on the world stage, you can't miss the World Cup losing to Trinidad and Tobago and, and expect tragic. to win the game. But, it was very uh, tragic, yeah. Being, the women's side is all they're into the bargain. Let's put it that way. How about that? I would I would say that as well. Being a women's soccer player here in the United States is very competitive. But at the same time, we're all kind of working together because we see the inequality in, in the mm. men's and women's side of the game and, and pay and everything. And so we all kind of work together. And, and of course, we want the best players out there because – you know, at the end of the day, that's just going to increase our chances in, in getting what we deserve. Um, you mentioned earlier that I've kind of been in with the national team a little bit, which has been super fun. Um, I was 14 when I got called up to my first camp and, and I was in California. And ever since then, I've been able to go to countries such as Australia, Croatia, Slovenia, Italy, um, Spain, England a couple of times. Um, and that has just been such a cool part of my development as well, because, you know, I've grown up you know, traveling to these countries on my own. Of course, we had the team, but I went there without my mom, without my little brother. So I had to grow up pretty fast. And and I think I got to learn about different cultures in, in a way that not a lot of people do who are stuck mm -hmm. in their home states, you know. So that was definitely a great experience for me in high school. Yeah, moving, moving well, which around. Which one was your favorite? Which um, That's a great question because they're <laughs> all so different. But my favorite would probably be... Croatia because it's like Italy but not as touristy as Italy um I remember one of my favorite memories is we went to this little town right on the Adriatic Sea um and there's these little kids playing soccer 
in kind of the courtyard of this little town and, and we all walked up and they immediately recognized the crest on our chest and came over and we just started playing with these with these little country boys in this little town in Croatia and and that really puts into perspective how wide soccer can be you know it connects people all around the world and and that's what I love the most you know like you said it's not really huge for the men's part here in the United States but overseas it's connecting whoever plays soccer here in the United States to those people overseas so I feel like that's something really cool that that football that soccer brings to the world that that is such a cool perspective because like I'm sitting here in Arkansas thinking I'm far away from everybody and and you're just going overseas playing with anybody who's just playing a pickup game and yeah that's that's super cool um and I don't think people in the U.S. quite understand like why it's called the world's game but mm -hmm. stuff like that when it just brings people together is is really cool um but yeah no Hensley we really Really, really appreciate you coming on the podcast. I mean, you can't you, you came in with a bunch of cool insight about stuff that I didn't even know we were going to get to talk about, like the transfer portal, stuff like that. Um, you going overseas? I'm glad you touched on the whole U.S. thing. I wanted to ask you about that, but you just you just took it away there, and, and we can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, second second ever athlete guest. We 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 uh, always trying to grow, and we really appreciate uh, you taking the time, and we wish you the best of luck um, throughout the rest of the season. Go get Thank the wins you. against yeah. Georgia and, and uh, Alabama and, and South Carolina, most importantly there, and then make a run in the tournament or something. We'll be, we'll be tracking. Don't worry. I will definitely. Thank you guys for having me on. You know, this was great kind of sharing my experience and any other time that you would love for me to jump on, I would love to. So I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing you guys in the stands and go Tigers. Heck yeah. Go Tigers. Hopefully Tigers, we can have right. you on after the, after the tournament, uh, a, a deep run there. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. And get a win also. All right. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks.